0: Welcome to TW Now, where we examine today's news in light of the Bible. I'm Scott Winnell. We seem to be drawing close to the end of an era, and even the popular press is picking up on this. Notice this headline from a recent article in the Jerusalem Post. Messiah, almost here, and Orthodox Jews, evangelicals, know it, Pastor says. He admitted that while there may be some theological differences about who the Messiah is, the narratives are strikingly similar. Did you realize that you can know at least some of what the future holds? More specifically, you can understand what the last few years before the return of Jesus Christ to the earth will be like. The Bible makes these events far more clear than most realize, and God's annual holy days reveal the details. The world is changing, and the Bible, and specifically the biblical holy day of the Feast of Trumpets, also known as Rosh Hashanah, can actually show us what to expect. To help us understand what the future holds, we have with us two returning guests today. Mr. Mike DeSimone is a minister and Bible teacher. Not only has he practiced keeping the Biblical Holy Days and the Feast of Trumpets for many years, but he's also been a teacher of its importance and its details. Welcome Mr. DeSimone, it's great to have you back.
1: Yeah, good to be here, thank you.
0: Mr. Adam West is a minister and church pastor. He's also a Tomorrow's World writer. Over the years, Mr. West has taught about Bible topics, including end-time Bible prophecy and the biblical Feast of Trumpets, and he brings that information to us today. Welcome back, Mr. West.
2: Thank you. Good to be here.
0: And I should mention that Mr. West is joining us via Skype from New York. For our audience, as you view today's program, we're actually celebrating the biblical Holy Days and away from our offices today. This program is being prerecorded. And because of this, we will be unable to take your questions on the program today. But if you do wanna give us questions and send them our way, you can go to tomorrowsworld.org and go ahead and send us questions. We still encourage you, though, to subscribe, to like, and to share today's program. Okay, gentlemen, let's go ahead and get started. And Mr. West, we'll start with you. You know, the reality is that many people prognosticate, don't they? They speculate on what the future holds. Many worry about what the future holds. But the Biblical Holy Days, the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, does give us incredible insight into the end times. As we begin here, I would like to ask, what is the Feast of Trumpets? Can you give us a little bit of feedback on that? And we'll go to you too in just a minute, Mr. DeSimone, for some feedback.
2: Yes, the Feast of Trumpets, uh, you can see it uh, discussed here in uh, Leviticus, uh, in the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter 23 and in verse 23 uh... it reads then uh... the lord spoke to moses saying speak to the children of israel saying in the seventh month on the first day of the month you shall have a sabbath rest a memorial of blowing of trumpets a holy convocation and the holy convocation is a commanded assembly and in verse 25 you shall do no customary work on it uh, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord now it's important to note that just because uh, this feast the Feast of Trumpets is listed in the Old Testament uh, it's important to note that when you go through the New Testament uh, you can do a study on that look up um, uh, various uh, holy days such as the Feast of Tabernacles uh, the Days of Unleavened Bread, and those kinds of feasts that are also listed here in Leviticus chapter 23, and you'll see uh, that uh, the first century church, the apostles, uh, kept these important festivals. And you know, when you look at what is uh, discussed here in Leviticus chapter 23 about the Feast of Trumpets, uh, we really have to begin digging in God's Word, and we have to begin... Putting the pieces together, uh, the even the word trumpet is a good indicator as to where to look in Scripture. Uh, it's something unique to this particular festival, and uh, as we as we continue, I'm sure we'll talk about some of those uh, places in Scripture.
1: Right. Absolutely, you know, it's this day <clears throat> is not a day about uh, uh, picturing the history of trumpets and how wonderful trumpets are. It has <laughs> far more meaning than that. It, it goes very, very deep. It actually is prophetic in nature. This is a, a, a day that looks forward to a time that hasn't happened yet. We think about the Passover, that's a day that has happened in terms of, it, it, it's it been fulfilled through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And uh, the day of Pentecost, is it, That. The God Spirit has been poured out on on his church, and he's given his people his spirit. He's given people his spirit. So uh, this day is a day that looks forward, and it points to a time still yet to come.
0: What, Mr. West, what does this point us to? What are some of the meanings inherent in the Feast of Trumpets?
2: It's a memorial of blowing of trumpets, and when we look in Scripture, uh, one of the primary places that we can go uh, is uh, the book of Revelation. Uh, The book of Revelation is uh, a place that uh, some don't venture. Mm -hmm. They, They look at Revelation, they say, don't try to understand that. You'll go crazy if you try to understand that. But there's an interesting passage in the Old Testament. And it's Amos chapter 3. And in Amos chapter 3, verses 6 and 7, uh, it's, we're told, if a trumpet is blown in a city, will, the, will not the people be afraid? So that gives us an indication about that trumpet and what it means to those that hear it. Uh, it, is, it is something that signifies something to be afraid of. If there is calamity in a city... Will not the Lord have done it? Surely the Lord God does nothing unless He reveals His secret to His servants, the prophets. Now I'm not saying we're prophets uh, on the show to here today, but we do have prophets, and, and Amos is one of them, uh, and John, uh, who penned those things which he was was seeing. Uh, in vision, he wrote those things down as Christ was revealing them to him, and he in was told, "What you see, write down." In the book of Revelation, right. okay. and so uh, those things have been given to us to understand, not to not to flee away from, but to 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 see, to look into,
1: and to provide understanding. And you mentioned the scripture in Amos, but also if one does a, a Bible study, and many have, you could do a Bible study, very simple, on trumpets and what trumpets picture and what were some of the meanings, how were some of the trumpets to be used in, throughout the Bible? And, you know, one is certainly war. It was to announce war. There's some specific scriptures in Numbers and other places. It was to announce war. It was to announce destruction or, or calamity that, that may be coming. It was to be a, a kind of a sign of a warning sign. And to you think about Isaiah 58, uh, lift up your voice like a trumpet and, and warn people of bad things to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, interestingly, that we'll, we'll get to, but the coronation of a king is another part of that. The The announcing of a new king taking over.
0: Okay. So take us forward, Mr. West, with the meaning of the day and, and, and tie us into how would, how does this relate, this Feast of Trumpets, uh, we see it as Rosh Hashanah on our calendars, those of us who still carry calendars that are marked with world holidays. Uh, Jewish holiday is the way it's often known. How does this relate to the end times?
2: Well, what we see is a, um, in, in Revelation, it's laid out, if you look in Revelation, and the uh, book of Revelation, Uh, chapter uh, 8 and uh, you see a number of trumpets uh, listed here Uh, actually seven trumpets listed in uh, uh, six of them here in in Revelation chapter 8 and and 9 and then uh, the seventh in in Revelation chapter 11 so what this is talking about is uh, a time coming in the future when uh, when God is going to uh, pour out wrath on this world, mm-hmm. rebellious humanity uh, and uh, these trumpets uh, signify uh, certain plagues that are uh, poured out and just going over them uh, they're they're uh, quite devastating uh certainly sobering and so there is that uh that aspect to uh the feast of trumpets there there is a a very uh somber uh, note that is struck because of the fear that will be in the hearts of men whenever these plagues are poured out
1: right and you know one i think a couple of points that you you highlighted Maybe three main points I think to think about when we think about the Feast of Trumpets. One is that it it pictures what is called the Day of the Lord in the Bible. It pictures the Day of the Lord. That is, and that that Day of the Lord is the one year period. So the the plagues that you were talking about, uh, Mr. West are all happen during the one year period prior to the return of Jesus Christ. And that's what the day of the Lord pictures. And that uh, you also made another comment just the, again the three three kind of main keys about the feast of trumpets and the day of the Lord. And that is that the day of the Lord is God's wrath on a rebellious, unrepentant humanity. So this is a humanity that that even in the face of all of these troubles and all of these plagues, they will blaspheme God and still not repent of their sins. So, and and this is different, this one year period is different than the time uh, of the tribulation, the two and a half years period before this one year period. That is Satan's wrath on, on Israel and on the church.
2: Go ahead, uh, An interesting passage uh, that I think puts the correlation between uh, what Mr. DeSimone is saying, that it being a year. Uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 34, uh, it says, uh, for it is, uh, 34 and verse 8, for it is the day of the Lord's vengeance, the year of recompense uh, for the cause of Zion. And so you're, we put together uh, those two concepts, a day for a year principle, uh, in in uh, prophetic understanding, uh, when we look at the scriptures, and you know it's very interesting. Some some have a, a very different concept of, of uh, even what John was saying at the beginning of Revelation, where he said he was in the spirit uh, on the Lord's day, right? And uh, you know it's equated with the first day of the week, right. and and that is just a that is just inaccurate. Uh, he's talking about the day of the Lord he's talking about what he's seeing at the end of the age and uh, he's writing those things down Uh, it's a year of recompense and so you look at uh, a total three and a half year time period Uh, you have uh, numerous places in Revelation that talk about time, times and half a time talks about 42 months, talks about 1260 days Um, but when you look at that time period is three and a half years. Uh, that's the total time period. But the first two and a half years of that is the tribulation, right? Uh, and then that final year and the separator between those two time periods is the sixth seal. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can you can see the sixth seal in uh, Revelation chapter six and uh, and verse twelve and Uh, It talks about, in verse 12, I looked when when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. So these are the heavenly signs. Uh, The stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig uh, fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. And uh, then the sky receded as a scroll. Now, when you read Revelation, it's written in such a way that it places you right at the center of all the action when you read through these uh, events that are taking place you you can visualize them mm-hmm. you can see what's happening and this is going to be uh, uh, terrifying ultimately uh, re- the sky receded as a scroll when it was rolled up and every mountain and e- an island was moved out of its place and um, Uh, the people there once all these things start happening they tell the mountains to fall on us and they're trying to hide uh, in verse 16 uh, fall on us, hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb Mm -hmm. and Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God, he was that Passover Lamb, he's the one that has died, Uh, he, he shed allowed his blood to be shed to pay the penalty for the sins of all mankind and he came to do that 2000, nearly 2,000 years ago. But when he comes back a second time, and that's what this day, uh, you know, leads, it's leading up to the, the day of the Lord, and, and it culminates in the return of Jesus Christ, but it is this wrath of the Lamb. And he's going to, he's going to carry it out. And it says in verse 17, who is able to stand? Right. So, very terrifying time for uh, the inhabitants of the earth. And I saw just the other day, uh, there was a, a new number that came out, 8 billion. We're just on the threshold of passing 8 billion people on this earth. Mm. And when you start looking at the, um, the events that take place, uh, the trumpets uh, that, that uh, begin, but then that seventh trumpet... And uh, and those things that happen right there at the end where uh, Scripture talks about the, in Revelation, it talks about different uh, uh, bowl plagues, uh, vials that are poured out, and uh, where you would literally have just uh, what, you know, it gives different equations, a third here, a quarter there, these kinds of things. And we're talking about billions and billions dying. Yeah. Uh, so this, as as the scriptures talk about it, the day of clouds and gloominess. Right. It's it's not going to be uh, a fun thing to endure, but it is absolutely necessary. Right. Mr. De uh,
1: Yeah, you know, and you mentioned about the bowls, and the bowls talked about in chapters fifteen and sixteen of Revelation. In chapter 15, verse 1, for in them the wrath of God is complete. And again, the day of the Lord, as we see, and I'm going to read from Zephaniah, uh, and it mentions also in uh, in Isaiah, as you mentioned, uh, that equating it to the one year, equating the day of the Lord to the one year of recompense, it says, uh, the wrath of God. The great day... Uh, Zephaniah 1 verse 14, the great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hastens quickly. The noise of the day is bitter and the mighty men shall cry out. I mean, this sounds like what we just read and what you just read in Revelation. The kings of the earth will be crying out in, 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 the, in the announcement of that. That day, verse 15, is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of devastation and desolation. The whole, what, what the Bible points to, that when trumpets are blown, oftentimes this is what it is announcing, oftentimes in, in, in war. A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet and alarm that's you know Mm -hmm. tying that in that is this and what do you know in revelation uh six uh or i should say eight and nine the trumpets being blown the transition being the the sixth seal and when that seventh seal is opened the trumpets begin to blow and that is that warning that alarm Mm -hmm. that the worst time in the history of humanity is hitting.
0: So what I'd like to do, gentlemen, is let's take a few minutes, Mr. DeSimone, if you maybe start in Revelation 8, and let's talk briefly, give an example of these seven trumpets that are gonna sound and some of the events that are gonna surround them. But I'd like to move through these because I'd like you to be able to get to that seventh trumpet. Sure. Because this day is a day of clouds and gloominess, yet at the same time, this day, this year ends with a, a very powerful event that's not so negative. Right. And I want to get to that before sure. we finish up. But go ahead and start. And well,
1: then. you know, just to get through a couple of them here, we have Revelation 8. One thing I find interesting in Revelation 8, uh, just verse 1 says, There was silence in heaven for a half an hour. This is like maybe like a calm before a storm when, boy, uh, wind settles down, it gets quiet. But boy, the storm comes and it hits and it is hard and it it is a, a real big deal. So then the first trumpet is talked about in verse 7. This is, uh, it says, the vegetation struck as a, as a headline above it. So <clears throat> basically, a third of the trees are burned up and all the green grass is burned up, it says in verse 7. Verse 8, the seas are struck and a third, verse 9, the third of the living creatures in the sea died and a third of the ships were destroyed. This is uh, significant, I guess, um, A few couple years ago, at least, I uh, looked up how many ships there are, and it sounds like maybe about 52,000 ships. There's probably various different numbers worldwide, ships worldwide. And that would be about 17,000 plus ships destroyed. I mean, this is absolutely devastating to economies, to people, to lives, to to the sea creatures, to the trees, to, Mm -hmm. I mean, everything. So, I mean, those are just a couple of them.
0: Okay.
2: Mr. West, it, we continue? You know, it, 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 it's one thing when we, when we read about these, we, we do, um, I guess we'd call it healthy speculation. It doesn't necessarily tell us how these things are going to happen. Right, right. But, you know, even like the, you know, the, the ships and the sea creatures and these things, you know, uh, how do you destroy a third of the ships? Well, you know, it could be some kind of tsunami wave. Uh, that can be a terrible devastation, uh, and you know those ships just wouldn't be able to to uh, survive if that was the case. Uh, verse ten, it talks about the waters being struck. Um, a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. And so uh, the rivers are poisoned. You know what do you do? What do you do if you don't have fresh water? um you and know that happens anyway. at the third trumpet is that right that's the third trumpet okay and you know you can think you know there are all kinds of environmental problems that can happen but uh whatever this is this thing that falls from the sky you know maybe it's lead poisoning mercury poisoning whatever but if you drink it uh it's not going to fare well for you mm. it's going to be very devastating in verse 11 it says the name of the star is wormwood and the waters became wormwood, and many, di- many men died from the water because it was made bitter. Mm-hmm. So and that's the third trumpet. Um, the fourth trumpet, uh, the sun was struck, a third of the moon, a third of the stars, and, uh, you know, this is this is some kind of major uh, impact. Uh, some things happened here uh, to make things not quite aligned the way that they should be, maybe even knocked off its axis to to disrupt the day. Uh, A third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. And I looked and I heard an angel flying in the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. And so that that leads into uh, three woes. Mm-hmm. and uh, those correspond to the 5th 6th and 7th
1: trumpets <coughs> right so the three woes you know interesting in in chapter 9 it begins those three woes the last of the the seven trumpets and there's a lot more symbolism that's used mm-hmm. uh, for the the first four are very uh, there you can see more clearly exactly what's going to happen but with the the remaining, the fifth and sixth specifically, it is very, a lot of symbolic uh, talking. It does give us some idea. Um, It mentions about the the locust that will come up. Uh, Who knows if that's actual locust. It's difficult to see to say. Uh, Verse eight: They had hair like women's hair, their teeth like lions' teeth, and they had breastplates like the breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. Okay, so you know there sure is probably a lot of speculation as to what this is mm-hmm. we'll find out what this is <laughs> that'll be the right answer and we, we're not necessarily gonna know until we see it but it could be bugs or it could be mechanized At, warfare yes that looks like this that's or it right could be looks like else? this you know you think about John what John may have seen and he's trying to describe you know if he were seeing uh, weapons of war that we don't e- we don't even have right now possibly that hasn't even maybe been invented yet. And he's maybe trying to explain some of this from his perspective. Mm. He had no clue what a, you know, any, uh, whatever uh, mechanized uh, yeah, so how does a
0: man who lived 2,000 with, years ago describe a helicopter? Right, how, how
1: does that happen, yeah. right? And so, who knows exactly, we'll find out, but interesting in verse 10, they had tails like scorpions and, they were, and, they, and there were stings in their tails, their power was to hurt men for five months. So that's interesting because it gives us some time frame context inside of this one. This one does that. Mm-hmm. And we know that the day of the Lord will last a year as was mentioned Isaiah 34 verse 8. But this takes up a five-month period. Not that the sixth trumpet wouldn't overlap this five-month period at all. But um, And then the sixth trumpet. We're talking both 5th and 6th look like certain aspects of war here. The Verse 16, the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. 200 million in, in an army. Um, and we see later that we would understand that that army likely comes from uh, well, well, one, it does come from the east and the north, uh, possibly China, Russia, some type of alliance, something like that. what We would understand that uh, we would see some of that in Daniel and then also later in Revelation. Uh, it says, I heard the number of them. So these are uh, the two woes and then the seventh, which uh, there is good news in the seventh, but there's also some some bad news in the seventh as well. well what that? Yeah.
0: That second, whoa, the sixth trumpet that sounds in that 200 million man army, we have any idea how many people they're going to kill?
1: Oh, right. Okay, so yes, by uh, by these three plagues, well, by the three plagues, uh, a third of mankind was killed. Verse 18. A third of mankind. That is significant. and And actually that is after uh, what it mentions in the seals in chapter 6, verse 8, and power was given to them over a fourth of the earth. You know, and, and where that exactly coincides may be challenging to, to nail down ex- specifically, but a fourth of the earth in as far as these first few seals and then here we see a, a third of mankind. Well wow.
0: Well, just using the eight billion yeah. number that you threw out a minute mm-hmm. ago, if I do math quickly in my head, it's two billion yeah. the first time, and then another two billion the second time, roughly. Yeah, that's a tremendous. I, I
2: do want to make a comment um, in regard to the fifth trumpet um, in verse eleven. It says, "And they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon, and Abaddon and Apollyon are Hebrew and Greek, uh, respectively, and both mean destroyer. And you know that's a that's a what we would call an allusion to uh, Satan, the devil, Uh, and whatever this is, these locusts, you know, um, they have a king. And we wouldn't think of uh, actual locusts having a king. Now, we know uh, in ancient Israel, uh, in Egypt, uh, when a- the, ancient, uh, the children of Israel were in Egypt, there, w- there was a plague of locusts. Right. And so we're seeing now this, this, uh, this similar uh, uh, idea or uh, concept being applied to the end of this age and uh, but it's talking about chariots and horses and all of these things. So it is some kind of military effect. The fact that they can torment for five me- months, but they were not given authority to kill anyone. You know, what does that sound like? Well, we don't know. It could be it could be, uh, you know, biological weapons, it could be all kinds of different things. Uh, could be something that just, uh, destroys infrastructure but doesn't you know doesn't uh kill people uh could be uh so i just wanted to point that out um you know before moving on but um yes yeah, definitely this this sixth trumpet um just a, a devastating uh devastating uh plague that that happens there and and this army uh, that that goes forward and I believe, uh, I can try to find it real quick, but uh, in Joel, I think it's chapter 2, but it's talking Mm -hmm. about um, uh, this day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand, in verse Uh, 1. Joel verse 2, 2 and verse 2, a day of darkness and gloominess, day of clouds. Um, And then it talks about uh, the... Um, it's similar to this this uh, army, I have to see if I can find it uh, they run like ma- mighty men, they climb the wall like men of war everyone marches in formation, they do not break ranks uh, they do not push one another, everyone marches in his own column they're not cut down um, very much like locusts yes, so um, and oh, in in Joel verse three. eleven, oh, okay. it says the Lord gives voice before His army, hmm. for His camp is very great. Hmm. And uh, you know, this is uh, for strong is the one who executes His word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible; who can endure it? So, is it's a connection here? This army, the two hundred million man army, really being assembled hmm. and brought to. Uh, the final battle, the battle of Armageddon. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's something that God is, is yes. uh, assembling, ultimately. Well, let's
0: press on to the seventh trumpet. And Mr. Mm-hmm. DeSimone, if you could start that conversation. Number right. one, when does the seventh <clears throat> trumpet happen? And what, do, what, ha- what begins to happen at this seventh trumpet?
1: Right, so we would understand, there's a couple of different places that help us understand that. One, we, uh, this is a year-long period, the year-long day of the Lord, as mentioned already, and this seventh trumpet, we would understand that if this is a, a year, and the seventh trumpet pictures the return of Jesus Christ. How do we know that? Well, we know that, one, Revelation 11, verse 15, then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And that is the, the hope like that an we look forward to. It is. Of course, though at that same time, there will be the bull plagues that will be poured out, that we understand uh, will, will happen. Those are shown... There's some uh, inset chapters, you might say, between uh, 11 and chapter 15. Chapter 11 and chapter 15, but chapter 15 and chapter 16 explain these bold judgments. And these bold judgments, as it was already mentioned, this is the completion of the wrath of God. It says in both... Chapter 15, verse 1, and chapter 16, verse 1. And these are uh, plagues. Uh, In some ways, there's a lot of similarities to the trumpets that we just talked about, Uh, but they are even more devastating in some ways. And this is on top of what has just happened the year before. And we understand that this won't be a long period of time. Uh, It likely will happen between the day of or the Feast of Trumpets and the Day of Atonement. The next Holy Day. Right, the next Holy Day, which is only a nine-day period. Hmm.
0: Mr. West, can you expand a little bit more on this return of Jesus Christ? Let's dwell on this for a couple of minutes. Mr. DeSimone just referenced at the seventh trumpet. What else do we know about this return from the Scripture?
2: Well, I I think it's important to go to Matthew 24 um, the all of that prophecy and uh, just looking at Matthew 24 and verse 29 uh, you, you get the you get the uh, the essence of the overview here in verse 29 it says immediately after the tribulation of those days the Sun will be darkened so you have two and a half years of tribulation the Uh, then the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken so there's the heavenly signs which we've already covered and then in verse 30 then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. It's not something that's going to happen in a corner. Uh, it's going to happen, and, and, uh, and I think Revelation chapter 1 talks about every eye shall see him. And in verse 31 it says, And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, that seventh trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. And so, when He returns, uh, there's going to be uh, the resurrection of uh, the faithful, uh, those that
1: uh, have uh, that uh, relationship with uh, their Creator. And in 1 Corinthians, talking about that same exact time, mm-hmm. and this one brings out a, a, a point. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52, talking about the resurrection, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, so that seventh trumpet of seven trumpets, it is the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. And then, of course, there's a similar passage in 1 Thessalonians 4 as well that says that Jesus himself, uh, 4 verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, interesting what we just read, (laughs) the voice of the archangel in Revelation 11 verse 15, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, it seems like understanding Revelation 8 and 9 and the fact that there are seven trumpets really gives context to those two verses you're talking about. The last trumpet has to be the seventh. Right. And 1 Thessalonians 4 directly relates and it tells us more about what's going to happen. Right. Any other thoughts before we wind this down?
1: Well I I do want to mention something and it is in 1 Thessalonians 5. So and many times we hear, and you know, that we're not going to be able to know the day or the hour, and so forth. Mm. And, and that the, that is certainly there. There's truth with that, but that we the idea that we should be entirely blind as to what's mm. going to happen, and and general time frames, and a general understanding of a pretty good idea is false. We we should understand. And that's mentioned in 1 Thessalonians 5, right after he talks about that trumpet being blown and Jesus Christ returning. He says, but concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. That's interesting, yes. When they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. And then verse four, but you brethren, so this is Paul talking, to the church and talking to those who who listen to the Bible and listen to these things and keep these these days, which any of us can if we open our minds and understand this and listen to this. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. This, the feast of trumpets, picturing this last year before the return of Jesus Christ, it takes away blinders. It helps understand, gives context to time frames and understanding of the worst time that's going to be happening in the history of mankind. Worst time yet it seems to usher in the best it, time. It it brings in an incredible hope that without that, what's life about? This, the, it brings in the, the return of Jesus Christ, and that is what we're living for. That is what we want. That's what we're looking forward to. The resurrection of the dead, that's what this seventh trumpet pictures.
0: Okay. I,
2: I think it is important, too, to note, uh, just like in uh, Psalm 111 and verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do His commandments. The Feast of Trumpets is an annual Sabbath, and uh, we have seven annual Sabbaths uh, that that uh, our viewers could find back in Levit- Leviticus chapter twenty-three, and it's keeping the commandments, it's obeying God that that gives us this right understanding, be able to put these things into perspective. Without keeping the holy days, we simply could not understand prophecy. Uh, it 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 takes. Uh, obedience to have that that understanding
0: yeah, that's an important point really really key point let me do this I'm going to ask you a final question if if you didn't already give me an answer to it uh, but as we as we close here what and we'll start with you Mr. Simone. what kind of a takeaway point would you like to leave our audience with today regarding knowing end time events and keeping the feast of trumpets
1: sure and I mentioned some of it already but The idea that the worst time in the history of humanity is is ahead. Who knows when and exactly when that's going to happen, how many years, that type of thing. But that will be happening. If these things are happening around us, some of the, the trumpet plagues that we mentioned are happening around us, and we don't understand why it's happening. Uh, think about it The the lack of hope is there light at the end of the tunnel is this am I witnessing the extinction of mm. mankind yeah. and the lack of hope I think about Proverbs uh, twenty nine eighteen. it mentions where there is no prophecy or revelation the people cast off restraint there's no hope there's nothing left there's why am I why am I existing and yet this day this feast day the feast of trumpets Shows us, teaches us, helps us understand in detail what's going to happen mm-hmm. and why it's happening. Sometimes when we're going through troubles in life, maybe we don't, maybe we don't know exactly why we're going through it, but boy, we sure want to know. Mm-hmm. And that just, just having some understanding helps cope with mm-hmm. the troubles. Mm-hmm. This gives us understanding. Of why we're going through these, or why we will be going through these difficult times, and it shows us that there is this incredible, beautiful, wonderful hope that we'll be taking a part of. Mm-hmm. That is
0: a literally light at the end of the tunnel man, that comes from the east. Literally to the west. light yeah. at the
1: end of the tunnel, yeah. and it can't be any better because He's going to usher in. He's going to stop the hurt, stop the pain, stop the wars. Jesus Christ, yeah. he, Jesus Christ will stop that. And his saints, he says, mm-hmm. they will take part in stopping the mess and the hurt and the pain and the suffering. Why do, you know, the, the people ask the question, why does God allow pain and suffering? Well, it, it, people do exactly the opposite of what he says to do, and you won't have pain and suffering. And, and yet, uh, he will, we will have that opportunity to help and stop the wars and the hurt and the pain.
0: Okay, thank you. Mr. West, concluding thoughts.
2: I think it's important for all of us to recognize and and willingly come under God's sovereign reign in our lives. Uh, This day pictures the hope of the resurrection from the dead for uh, God's faithful people, those that uh, desire to obey him, to follow him, to uh, put their lives fully in his hands. And in doing so, uh, you know, if we if we seek god with all of our hearts there there can be protection from the the terrible things that are coming at the end of this age mm-hmm. and uh and yes it's those are the terrible things happening uh that we know have to happen because of the sins of humanity mm-hmm. but beyond that uh jesus christ is is going to establish a government on this earth that will rule uh, over all uh, nations and he's going to have supreme power and and he's going to really enforce peace upon the earth and it's going to be a time of, of joy and happiness uh, that humanity simply has never known in the last six thousand years and so if I would say if if you want to be uh, you know if you want the protection of God if you want to be uh Involved in the government that will be established in in uh, the future when Jesus Christ returns, then act now to allow God to to reign over you in your life, and uh, and that is a keeping the Sabbath is a good way to begin that.
0: Okay, thank you. Thanks, Mr. West, for being on the program today and being with us again. Thank you, and Mr. D. Simone, thank, thank you, you too. Really yeah. appreciate it. The Bible contains powerful, and in many ways, easy to understand prophecies about the end of the age. It really does give us some helpful and useful glimpses into our future, unlike any other book. Excitingly, the biblical festivals, like the Feast of Trumpets we've talked about today, point us to these powerful end time events. Each of the seven annual festivals points to a specific set of events in the plan of God, and the Feast of Trumpets celebrated about a week ago, ultimately points to the return of Christ to the earth and the powerful globe-shattering events that precede his coming. If you'd like to learn more about the future, you will need to look into, excuse me, if you'd like to learn more about the future, you will need to look into a book that many Christians aren't comfortable with, as we mentioned earlier, the book of Revelation. To assist you to do this, we suggest you obtain a copy of our booklet, our free booklet, Revelation, the Mystery Unveiled. And this is free for download or to print or to read at tomorrowsworld.org, Revelation, the Mystery Unveiled. We do encourage you to join us each week here on TW Now. Next week, we plan to discuss the question what will world peace be like? Mr. West just mentioned that, and that actually takes us to one of the next holy days in God's master plan. And again, that holy day itself will reveal more about what the future will be like. We encourage you to join us here each week on TW Now, and also please subscribe, like, and share today's program with your friends.